0: You are listening to Books Are My People, a podcast for book lovers with book news, recommendations, and ruminations on living a literary life in Los Angeles. This is episode sixty-nine, and I'm recording on Friday, January twenty-eighth. I'm going to get into some real talk here. The last few weeks have been a bit of a garbage dumpster. We're all fine, but it has been quite a slog. In short, we had a false positive COVID scare, which kept both kids home for a week. Uh, Then both kids got actual COVID, and so all of this has resulted in my children being home for three weeks, during which I had a procedure to remove some nodular skin cancer, which I can get into more another time because I think it's an important PSA. And our puppy had an unexpected procedure as well last week. So Everyone's okay. The kids' COVID experience has been mild. Thank goodness. And thank you, vaccines. And my husband and I are on alert, but we continue to test negative And I am testing often because I just want to know if I have it or not. I'm not going to lie. I'm very, very, very tired, like really tired, like newborn baby tired. But recording the podcast today is something I've been looking forward to. So let's get to some bookish news. Talking about books always makes me feel better. There are so many books being adapted into film and TV series. So here are just a few that I'm excited about. And sorry if any of these are repeats from Before, So Pachinko will become, now I can't remember if it's going to be a film or a TV series. I think a TV series, but don't quote me on that. Fleischman is in Trouble will be a TV series with Jesse Eisenberg and Lizzie Kaplan. Conversations with Friends by Sally Rooney will be a series on Hulu. And Percy Jackson and the Olympians uh, will be going to Apple Plus. This is not uh, the previous movie series that was out, but they're they're reinterpreting the series. And Saint X by Alexis Shacken will be on Hulu. And I really enjoyed that book, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. Children of Blood and Bone is also being adapted. And Mahersha Ali will be starring in a limited series adaptation of The Plot by Jean Hanf Korlitz. Another book I recommended on the show. And in very quick author podcast news, the writer Roxane Gay, who wrote Bad Feminist, among many other books, is back with a new podcast. And it is called The Roxane Gay Agenda. I'm having to move my LaCroix away from the microphone because it's making so much noise, all those bubbles. This podcast premiered January 25th. I've become increasingly interested in the idea of book talk. That's where people talk about books on TikTok. I'm not even on TikTok. Never seen it. But I am very intrigued. Anyone out there with some insight that they want to share with me, reach out to me at booksaremypeople at gmail.com. And there are a plethora of books that I am looking forward to reading this spring, so I will name a couple here that you can put on your to-read list. Celeste Ng has a new novel coming out, not in spring, but in fall on October 4th, and it's called Our Missing Hearts. And other books I'm looking forward to reading are Emma Straub's This Time Tomorrow, Cult Classic by Sloan Crosley, Unlikely Animals by Annie Hartnett, and Jennifer Egan's new novel, The Candy House, and I'm so excited that I have all of these books as e-galleys sitting on my Kindle just waiting for me to read them. So I'm trying my best not to skip ahead to these books, but I'm letting them tangle in front of me like a carrot in front of a horse's mouth. If you are a Jeopardy fan, we're big Jeopardy fans in this house, Amy Schneider's historic 40-game winning streak has come to an end, and it was a librarian who ousted her, which I thought was exciting. Roan Talsma, the librarian, works at Chicago Ridge Public Library. And speaking of librarians, we have a former children's librarian as our guest today. But before we get to our guest, a word from today's sponsor. If you have a business, you need a website. What's the best way to get a website up and running? Choose a website hosting company that makes it simple, like Pair Networks. Pair has over 20 years of experience managing the entire digital ecosystem for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Pair makes it easy for you with do-it-yourself website building tools and features, including sample drag-and-drop page design. And they have guaranteed US-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Right now, when you sign up with Pair Networks, you'll receive one free month of web hosting. See for yourself how easy it is to build your website for free. Visit paircom slash free to get your first month of website hosting for free by using the code quickstart. That's paircom slash free promo code quickstart to get started today. I am thrilled to welcome Valerie Haudige, to our show. She is a former children's librarian and current program director at the J3 Foundation, and I've known her personally for a very long time. So, welcome, Valerie.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I love your podcast.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, tell us about the J3 Foundation where you currently work.
1: Yes, thank you. Um, I'm a program director in a literacy nonprofit that provides after school reading support. students of color who are about one or two years below grade level. So our mission is to equip fourth and fifth grade students with the skills, habits, the confidence, and and the books that they need for like a lifetime of reading success. And currently we're in about 17 schools in the LA area and what's so fantastic is that we believe that learning to read is a birthright and a pathway to academic success, personal success, and any student can achieve this. So we bring together the highly qualified teachers from the school sites themselves, along with evidence-based personalized lessons in a curriculum that has measurable outcomes. Um, And we also give um, traveling mobile libraries of culturally relevant books. So it's a fantastic organization and um, I'm really thrilled to, to be there.
0: That sounds absolutely amazing. How can people get involved in helping your organization?
1: Well, wow, there's so many ways. Um, we have a really active board who come with all sorts of skill sets, you know, everywhere from, from fundraising to marketing, um, contacting us with, you know, the reading community in the area. So we are on all the socials at j 3 Foundation L A, um, and also j3foundationla.org. And you can look us up and, you know, help us out. Even following and supporting on social media, spreading the word uh, is fantastic.
0: Great. And I first met you when my now 16-year-old son was a kindergartner in elementary school because Valerie was the school librarian and we got to work alongside one another. I was the parent uh, volunteer representative. So for nine years, I had the absolute joy of an experience working with Valerie in the library. So um, tell us about your experience working as a children's librarian.
1: Uh, It's magic. It's my favorite thing ever. And I'm so grateful and thankful that I got a chance to work with your boys. I started off as a classroom teacher. And during that teaching experience, I found that the one area where I was able to meet basically all the needs of all the students in this one aspect was in reading in terms of their, you know, personal progress and growth, most importantly, their level development as a reader. Um, So I knew I wanted to focus on this all the way. And that's when I got um, my master's in library science. And from there I've been a teaching librarian in schools up and down the California coast. Um, And what's just been so great is just, it's about people and books and learning about personal reading habits including the way that we read the devices and the formats all that Um, and what it's really shown me is this ability to develop critical thinking skills you know comes from thinking about what you're reading Um, and right now i do get to include this librarian role at j3 along with my program coordination so my main focus currently as a children's librarian uh, is promoting authors and illustrators of color You know, the publishing companies that really support and focus this, uh, supporting local independent bookstores, and then um, the joy of spreading the word on matching that just right book with each child um, to help them get into those critical thinking skills. I love it.
0: Part of your programming at our school was to have all these amazing authors come and speak and meet the kids and sign books, and I got to go see some of them, which was really exciting. Who are some of your favorite children's book authors that you've gotten to meet?
1: Oh, yeah. There's been so many. This has been the thrill ride aspect of being a librarian, and thank you for all your support during uh, our times that we were hosting them. um, So many heroes, including Christian Robinson... Um, got a chance to see him when Last Stop on Market Street was just published. Grace Lynn, um, Dave Pilkey, he's got a special spot in my life personally for the way that he gives children with abilities such as ADHD or dyslexia a mirror to see themselves. Um, Henry Winkler and Lynn Oliver with the Hank Zipster books. Pam Munoz-Ryan and um, Brian Selznick.
0: Awesome. I, I saw about maybe 50% of the ones that you mentioned. They're just <laughs> incredible. Because they're also I mean, they're writers and writers are normally introverts. But the people that you're mentioning are so seasoned that they're like performers in their own right. Absolutely. And they can captain if you can captivate a room of <laughs> kindergartners, you're golden. <laughs> yes. You don't lead with this. But I know that you are also a writer. Can you tell us a bit about what you're working on?
1: Yes, thank you. Um, I'm currently revising a middle grade novel, just the text, into panel scripting um, as a graphic novel. So I really want this story to be told visually. Um, and it's a coming-of-age fiction novel about a young swimmer who finds connection with his deceased mom through swimming as a mermaid. So between each of the acts in the book are folk tales that his mom told him while he was growing up in the pools of his youth, and um, she did this to empower his sense of identity as a biracial um, Irish-Mexican person of heritage, and he loses that during his family's transition to a blended family after his dad remarries. Um, So the main character, Santi, faces a lot of obstacles to kind of let go of the water athlete that he's been used to. To turning this into the water performer that he wants to express himself as, but thankfully along the way he encounters mentors and friends that push him down the road so that he can fully express this fluidity. Um, and I'm really fortunate that I just completed a mentorship in December through the Las Musas organization, and they are a collective of Latinx women who come together to support and amplify. Uh, debut novels that spotlight Latinx women or women identifying creators um, on this manuscript. And I was mentored by children's illustrator and graphic novelist, Alyssa Bermudez. And she worked with me to further develop the panel scripting, which I'm very, very new at, and also um, helped me out with the folklore aspect of the novel, because that's really an anchor too. Um, So what is important to me about this book is that I really want to have um, books for children where they can see themselves as they're developing perhaps a sense of gender fluidity. um, And I'm choosing to do this through this magical world of mermaid performing.
0: That sounds absolutely phenomenal. I am sold and I'm so excited to have you back on once the book is published to talk about it. Are you doing the, uh, the illustrations yourself?
1: I am not doing the illustrations myself. I also you know, write picture books on the side and, and have another middle grade um, kind of easy reader chapter book series. So I'm just about the words. But what I love and what I believe in publishing is that magic of, you know, collaborating with the illustrator. And that's what's important about graphic novels. You know, this story belongs to the drawings. It belongs to the illustrators. I know how kids are just captivated and pulled in by those, that visual literacy through illustration. So Um, I believe in giving it to the universe and getting it matched with that right illustrator.
0: I will definitely leave a link in the show notes to the J3 Foundation. So please go look and see how you can help. And now we're going to move on to the books. So Valerie, thanks so much for speaking with us. And what is your first pick today?
1: Um, I've picked Jeff Tweedy's How to Write One Song, which is not a specific writing craft book, but a look at, you know, writing one song at a time that singular focus of writing that one thing instead of many Um, and that's how I try to approach my writing life in the midst of all the life distractions and the title of this book is how to write one song and the author is Jeff Tweedy
0: I think I really need to read that book because I am the opposite I End up working on multiple things at once in the most like frenetic, frenzied way, and I do not think it serves me well at all. So I think I need a little inspiration. I'm gonna get myself that book and learn how to focus on one thing at a time. My first pick is The New Girl by Jesse Q Satanto, and this comes out tomorrow. And as a huge fan of Dial A for Aunties, I was eager to read this young adult novel, which according to the author's notes, it looks as though it was written before Dial A for Aunties. So that often happens when... Um, A book is published, usually an author has one or two or more books in their pocket that have been sitting there, manuscripts, just waiting to be sold. And sometimes it takes a big hit, like Dial A for Aunties, to get publishers to listen to their other stories. So in this story, it's about a young woman named Leah. She's an Indonesian-American who procures a spot at the coveted Draycott Academy in Northern California under a track scholarship. The day she arrives on campus, she witnesses police hauling away a young Asian woman who's a student and she's being kicked out and she's kicking and screaming as she's being taken away from school. But now Leah has to move into her old room. On the surface, Draycott looks beautiful and feels safe. People leave their doors open, but Leah soon learns about something called DD, short for Draycott Dirt, which is an online platform where students can anonymously spread gossip about one another. Before she's had a chance to settle in, someone definitely wants Leah gone, and she's been dragged into the school's dark underbelly, rife with morally corrupt adults, drug dealers, and liars. This dark and entertaining novel explores friendship, identity, class, race, and bullying. I think fans of suspense novels and books about boarding schools will enjoy this pick. Thank you to Sourcebooks and NetGalley for the advanced review copy of this book. And again, that is The New Girl by Jessie Q. Satanto. Valerie, what do you have next for us?
1: My next pick is the fiction novel The Upstairs House. By Julia Fine, and uh, this book takes a character who's on maternity leave for twelve weeks, living her leaving her unfinished dissertation hovering in the background, and she's uh, writing about um, American children's literature in the nineteen fifties, and it places the ghost of children's book author Margaret Wise Brown as her new upstairs neighbor. Now, no one else except for Megan, the new mom character, acknowledges this. Ghostly presence. Um, Margaret has unfinished business with her lover, Michael Strange, and she pulls in Megan and her newborn daughter in on this haunting. And what this book seems to do so well is give life to the metaphor of being postpartum and how the brain changes during this time, what it can do to women's identities, especially when it comes to how you change in this new role, how you see yourself coupled with that lack of sleep, the constant giving of the self. All of this can be exhausting and it comes into conflict with how your previous self um, belongs in all of this. So that is the book, The Upstairs House by Julia Fine.
0: That sounds so good. I want to read that so badly. I'm most surprised that Um, I'm still exhausted (laughs) as a mother and I have a 16 year old and an almost 13 year old and I thought maybe I'd be less tired but this could also be coupled with pandemic fatigue but I just thought I'd be less tired by now and it's not happening but that's okay gives me lots of time to read when I can't sleep at night. My second pick for today is called The Violence by Delilah S. Dawson, and this is also out tomorrow. This book opens with a very violent scene. An elderly woman has gone rogue in a supermarket, beating a young mother to death with a bottle of Thousand Island dressing. And just like that, a new virus is born. This one is called the violence, which is just as contagious as any virus, and it causes its host body to become inexplicably and unpredictably violent towards anyone, even loved ones. So the protagonist is Chelsea Martin. She's in an unhappy marriage with an abusive husband. She feels trapped at home with her two daughters and controlled by her husband, Dave. Chelsea has run through the training with her daughters about what to do if and when their father gets violent, where to hide, who to call. Her mother, Patricia, is married to a wealthy man and thinks she has life all figured out. Chelsea's eldest daughter, Ella, is also in an unhealthy relationship with her boyfriend. After a night of drinking, Chelsea's husband becomes particularly violent, and his daughters have to put into action their plan to hide. Chelsea feels angry and emboldened and has reached a breaking point, and so she decides to call the 1-800 number, reserved for people who want to turn in others whom they suspect of having come down with the virus, the violence. She turns her husband in, even though she knows he doesn't have the virus, he's just a jerk, and he's taken away to a quarantine center. This is a propulsive and intense read focused on abusive relationships, misogyny, and a critique of our society's prevalence towards violence. There have been a lot of books published lately about pandemics, but this one really grabbed my attention and demanded to be heard. It's a dark read about power dynamics in troubling times. Thank you to NetGalley and Random House for the advanced review copy. And again, that's The Violence by Delilah S. Dawson. Valerie, what do you have for your last pick?
1: So my last pick today is Mark Nepo's book, Finding Inner Courage. Um, it gives such an important perspective on how all the elements of life, tough, good, easy, excruciatingly painful, hard, like we've got you know, during our pandemic living, how all of these work together with necessary aspects of purpose so through a lot of ancient teaching and storytelling um, understanding of the human condition you know this book gives great perspective for you know when you're going through something and that is mark nepo's finding inner courage
0: up next for me is Clean Air by Sarah Blake because she is going to be our next guest on the show, and I'm just so excited to speak with her about her latest novel. Valerie, what are you going to be reading next?
1: I'm going to be reading Flamer by Mike Correto, and um, this book is kind of like a, a project reading book as I am writing my graphic novel. Um, this is a great book about a boy named Aiden Navarro. He is away at camp. It's the summer between middle school and high school, um, and everyone is going through changes. Um, but for Aiden, things feel um, like the stakes are a little bit higher. So he is interacting with different friends, You know, dealing with people who are displaying bully behavior towards him and spending time with Elias, who's a friend that he can't stop thinking about. Um, and this is a story about self-discovery and acceptance. Um, I love how it also places the metaphor of finding your way. You know, he's doing that in this Boy Scout camp, You know, using compasses and reading maps, uh, but it also gives that different layer uh, for him to figure out who he is and find his way. And it's a beautiful graphic novel, called flamer by mike Curato.
0: awesome i will leave a link in the show notes to all of the books we've talked about as well as to the j3 foundation valerie where can people find you on social media
1: you can find me on twitter and instagram with at valerie underscore library
0: and i will put all that in the show notes as well And you can also link through to my Books Are My People bookstore at bookshop.org. And everyone check out the J3 Foundation and see how you can help. In the meantime, I hope you all have a wonderfully bookish week. And thanks so much for visiting with us today,
1: Valerie. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. I love all your picks and I can't wait to read those as well.